0: Every day, scientists are learning more and more about how human brains work and how many of us don't fit into the old-fashioned understanding of how brains should work. But a lot of ideas about parenting and familial relationships still need to catch up to the reality of human variation. Neurological differences are natural, profoundly valuable parts of being in a community together and in being part of a family. Whoever you are, wherever you are in your journey, I am here to explore with you we are all in this together. Welcome to NeuroDiverging. Hello friends, and welcome to NeuroDiverging. Thanks so much for tuning in with me. If you're new here, I'm Danielle Sullivan, and I am your host. Neurodiverging is a podcast dedicated to helping neurodiverse folks find the resources that we need to live better lives as individuals and to further disability awareness and social justice efforts to improve all of our lives as part of the larger world community. If you're interested in learning more, you can hit the subscribe button to make sure you're notified when there's a new episode and check out Neurodiverging on Patreon. I run the podcast and the blog all by myself, so come be one of my first patrons in support this podcast. For only a dollar a month, you can get behind the scenes access to NeuroDiverging, vote on guests and new topics, and help me out supporting uh, this podcast, and I would really appreciate it. I also just want to thank Zach, my new patron. Thank you, Zach, for supporting NeuroDiverging today. It is so appreciated. Today I'm doing something a little bit different. About two months ago, in August, I wrote an article that I put up on Medium um, about autism and empathy, and it went mini-viral. It went pretty viral for an autism article, I have to say, Um, and I had a couple of requests actually over email to record it as a podcast because some folks just like to get their content via their ears instead of through their eyes, and I can hear that. So today, what I'm going to do is give you the podcast version of this article. So if you've already read this article and you're not super interested in reading it or hearing it again, that's cool. Go ahead and check out some of the back episodes. We have uh, many for you to choose from, Um, but if you haven't gotten a chance to read this Medium article that I wrote, here is your chance to hear it. This is titled, Autistic People Don't Lack Empathy. In fact, we've got more than enough. I'm an autistic woman in my 30s. I'm introverted and a little awkward, but I do enjoy meeting new people and making new friends. But I have this recurring experience in social settings that I find off-putting. When I'm in a room with a group of people who are neurotypical, people with typically developing brains, I'm often told that I don't fit their image of what autism looks like. I'm told that I seem too intelligent or too high-functioning, quote-unquote. I'm too verbal. My eye contact is too good. Oftentimes, I hear that I just don't look like an autistic person. People mean well by telling me this, but what I really hear during those conversations is how misunderstood autism is, and how much people don't know about the diversity inherent in the autism spectrum. I assure you I am an autistic person, thank you very much, and being autistic is a huge part of my identity. Autism describes a collection of neurological traits, not a type of person. Part of dismantling the stereotyped understanding of autism is talking about what autism isn't, so we can get closer to a better understanding of what autism is. One of the most pervasive myths about autism is that it is an empathy disorder. Many researchers used to believe that autistics naturally lack empathy, which is the ability to understand and share the feelings of another person. Empathy is a base layer of human social interaction and thus an important part of creating and maintaining all person-to-person relationships. It's true that many autistic people, myself included, do have trouble understanding other people's emotions during social interactions. Psychologists used to attribute these social difficulties to a lack of empathy based on the idea of theory of mind. Theory of mind is the ability to put yourself in someone else's shoes and imagine their thoughts and feelings. It was thought that autistic people lacked theory of mind completely. Now, I don't know about you. But most of the autistic people I know definitely have theory of mind. If my child is crying next to a cup of spilled chocolate milk, I can figure out what happened and how she feels about it. I don't lack the ability to put myself in her shoes. I can also feel deeply that she's lost her chocolate milk, and I can want to help her feel better. I'm a parent. I've got empathy to spare. So it's not that I and other autistics lack empathy. We have a similar range of empathy to neurotypical people. What we can lack, though, is the ability to consistently and accurately interact with people in social situations that rely on understanding their emotions and thoughts, or what their expectations are based on facial expressions, body language, and nonverbal cues alone. Autistic people often have trouble reading faces and understanding nonverbal cues, therefore we do often misunderstand people's emotions if they don't state them explicitly. I'm good enough at social situations after many, many years of practice that I can quote pass as neurotypical for a short time. But eventually, I will miss an important nonverbal cue and be excluded from the social group, and almost always without understanding why or what I missed. If I'm not out about my autism, that same group of neurotypical people who are so insistent that I don't look autistic will ostracize me as soon as I miss a social cue or some other nonverbal communication out of the assumption that I'm doing it on purpose. Because of our trouble with nonverbal cues, autistic people also misjudge politeness norms and expectations pretty often, and we can come off as rude when we don't mean to. Many of us also can't consistently pick up on cues to change topic or tone in conversations. It can be easy for a neurotypical person to dismiss these misjudgments as intentional rudeness or uncaring behavior when in fact they're not. On the surface, we autistics may seem to lack empathy, but most autistic people are at least as empathetic as average people, if not more. We know that we can't fool you into thinking we're neurotypical for long, even if we want to, but we want to be accepted just like everybody else. So we often end up having higher social anxiety and thus higher sensitivity to how people act. We have developed a higher level of empathy over time to try to help us compensate for our disabilities. We know we don't understand your social cues. We work overtime to try to pick up what you're thinking and how you're feeling so we can respond appropriately. We autistics are plenty empathetic, but are you? If you're a neurotypical person, think about the people you know who are just a little different in their communication styles compared to you. Do you know someone who talks for slightly too long, is occasionally rude and seems surprised when it's pointed out, responds a little too slowly, or doesn't change topic when everybody else does? Maybe they're autistic, maybe not, but having a little patience and empathy toward them wouldn't hurt, right? Short and sweet and hopefully helpful. Thank you to those of you who requested this mini episode. I hope it did what you wanted it to do. Please share it with your friends. Tell folks that you think might benefit from it. Check out neurodiverging.com for all of the footnotes and links to the research that the article is citing. And remember, we all have different ways of interacting with the world. We all have different ways of reading social situations. Make yourself available to all kinds of people, and you will the rewards. We are all in this together.